From Noble Robot on East Hennepin Avenue in Honest and Critical, Minneapolis. This is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk games and game development. I'm Ellen Burns-Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. Whew. Well, we waited all week for Unity to say something about last week's runtime feed debacle, and now that they have, we're going to say some things too, with returning guest Freya Hormier, whom you might know as Freya Homer. So if everyone is ready, let's do it. <laughs> Okay. All right. So this is, I mean, we talk about calendar math on the show. We, people know that we record episodes in advance, yep. but today we, when you listen to this, I will have just edited it and we recorded it earlier today mm-hmm. because very timely unity put out their uh, clarification to their runtime fee announcement. And we'll walk through all of it with you, uh, with our guest. Um, but the first thing I want to say folks is that I just got back from vacation. Right. All of this happened while I was away. Yeah. And really was, great timing. And, and I was like right. checking in like, what's the latest on this? I'm like, no, this is not what you're spending your time on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can't is, help this it. Is, this is effing nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, uh, Freya, welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Freya was last on the show in episode 110. So long ago. That's 200 episodes ago. Yeah. Which wow. really, that's... That's a hit on us. Yes. Because we should have had you back sooner than that. It was a hoot. Uh, check it out. Episode 110. We'll put the link in the show notes for that one. Um, but here, we're, here uh, we brought you back, Freya, because um, one, you've been a voice of clarity on this throughout the week. Um, you have a little bit of, uh, of, a, of a window into um, uh, what's been going on. Um, and you also just have a, a sort of a like the good sense to piece it all together and explain it to people. Um, and we've been seeing that on social media. So thank you for that. And uh, thanks for uh, accepting our invite because we're barely half qualified to be that voice. So you help us get all the way there. I, I hope listeners will agree. Oh, yeah, it's it's uh, been it's been a lot. I'm honestly very tired after all of these days, uh, ever since the initial announcement. Um, yeah. yeah, it's been really difficult. And it's also been like really weird to get like, I don't know, like. I'm getting criticism from many different sides of this whole debacle as well, uh, which has been yeah. kind of hard to deal with. But but yeah, I, I'm I'm just at the end. Like this is a thing that has been very negatively affecting a ton of developers across the entire world. And all I really want to try to do is to try to make sure that Unity gets their shit together and does something better out of whatever the heck they announced. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's start with that announcement. Um, so September 12th, uh, my birthday. Um, no one needed to know that. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> they announced uh, this runtime fee. And so, for I mean, I'm suspecting not a lot of our listeners don't know, uh, at least the broad uh, uh, strokes of the details, but we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, they started out, they said it frankly, like, this is a fee increase. They, mm. they kind of knew it was going to be bad news, um, but they didn't appreciate how badly it would be received for other reasons. Yeah. Um, so the first thing they did is they changed their thresholds for, or what the threshold is for when you need to get pro. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, which was actually sort of good news for if you wanted to keep using personal. Right. But they add this fee on top, which uh, the threshold is $200,000 in the last 12 months and 200,000 lifetime installs for using the personal license and the plus license, but that's going away. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, for Unity Pro and Enterprise, a million dollars in the last 12 months and a million lifetime installs. Once you hit that point, Everything after it, you have to pay a runtime fee, which is a stupid name for a dumb thing. And uh, basically, it's you you pay a a, a a flat rate per 
what they say is install. Yeah. And I think this is sort of the first thing we're like, wait a minute. It's the first, like, as you're reading this, you're like, how are they gonna, what's the difference that. between mm-hmm. how, you know, what about a, per- yeah, it's, right. anyway. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they put out a chart for the Unity uh, uh, Pro and Enterprise. It's a sliding scale. The more you sell, the less fractionally uh, it, it costs you, mm. um, which is kind of silly. To me, it was like, well, why would anybody, if you're making that much money, like why, as a, with a personal license, yeah, uh, to meet that threshold, then yes, you have to pay monthly for a Unity Pro seat. But if you're already, like, it's twenty cents for a per install for, or it was rather for personal, but it started um, at fifteen cents uh, and went down if you had the Pro license. Mm. If you're at that rate, you have that much installs. Why would you ever have the personal license? Yeah. Like it would always, almost 100% of the time. So just the math made no sense yeah. to me. Um, but anyway, I think, so, okay. It's basically a revenue share by another name. And my suspicion on that is that Unity made, did make a big hubbub about no revenue shares. We're not like Unreal. Like we're just, you just pay for our tools a couple of years ago. And somebody there must have thought, well, let's do, let's have, let's do it without doing it. And then they came up with this nonsense. That's my totally unsourced theory. Kind of, yeah. I, I mean, like, w- one of the strange things about this is that it's not just a rev share. Um, like, it would have been more fine if that's what it was, but yeah. there were actually a lot of cases where you could actually land in a situation where you have to pay Unity more money than you've made. Like, yeah. you could actually yeah. get over 100% rev share in some edge cases, where it's like, Sure, they're not very common. They're pretty like weird outliers. Like most most people who make games, most people who make like premium games, like games you have to, I don't know, pay twenty dollars, you install it, and then you play it on Steam or whatever. Yeah. Uh, most games like that would be mostly fine. Uh, but once you get into edge cases of like free to play games or like different like mobile monetization schemes, uh, and once you get into like charity bundles, there's a lot of weird edge cases yes. there, or like web players, and so so like. Like you say, the, the big red flag with this one was like, what do you mean by install? Right. That's something that they just, they just either, they don't know how many times your games has been installed because developers don't have this data. Uh, Unity doesn't have this data unless, you know, the game itself phones home to Unity and reports that, right? Right, right. So, which it doesn't. And so then it's a question. And yeah, and no, it doesn't. Well, unless you like use their ad services, I guess, for yeah. like mobile games. Um, but, and, and so immediately everybody's just like, wh- where are you getting this information from then? Because it's either impossible to know or it's borderline illegal to like have, you know, all of these like phone, all of these EXEs phoning home, like every single game client just reporting whatever someone installs yeah. because. You know, you don't know if an install is from a legitimate source or if it's from a pirated source, and you can't differentiate between someone who paid for it versus someone who got it in a bundle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this whole language about installs is deeply confusing, um, and it kind of like reeks of an idea that sort of came from mobile, because it's like yeah. you can track the that kind of stuff much more easily on like the Apple App Store or Google Play on Android, right? Mm-hmm. But that's that's not the case when you talk about like PC games. And so it just kind of felt like this really detached, bizarre way to monetize a game engine. Yeah. Yeah. And but of course, you know, never fear. People were complaining about that. And even before they issued their first sort of like company wide correction, they were replying on Twitter mm-hmm. and they said, no, 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 don't worry. We got a proprietary system to figure it out. And everyone 
immediately was like, no, you don't. Yeah, what is <laughs> like you absolutely don't. Right. Like, yeah, no, they didn't think that through. Uh, they legitimately did not have a full like finished system at the time of announcement. They were still figuring out the details of that, which that in and of itself is worrying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, don't worry, we won't count pirate installs. It's like, great, could you explain to the rest of the world how you solved that problem? Mm-hmm. Like, because that's mm-hmm. kind of age old. Yeah. Um. It it definitely def- like you were saying, it comes from this idea of of mobile. It it seems like it made it all the way through the decision makers without it hitting anybody who knew what their actual product was. Um. And I think that goes a lot to the sort of the community's cynicism about Unity as a company, which is I tend to fight back on that as much as I can because it's like. You know, everyone who works at Unity is a human being. Yeah. But it's really hard because yeah. it's like, it, yeah, I get that cynical attitude because it's kind of evident mm-hmm. um, in like just how little they must have understood what it is. Like, I'm sure, like, I think even what they were saying is um, one of the clarifications, just it's sort of semantics, but they were saying about like, oh, like when they install our runtime and it's like, that's not, it's a, it's literally a, just a DLL that's that I, that I distribute like it's like they don't even quite yeah. understand the mechanics of what it is their product even is. It really sounded like talking about like this was the first time everybody heard about the term y- the Unity runtime. Right. Like it feels right. like the the whole concept was made up to justify this monetization scheme because uh, it doesn't really make sense. It's not like the Unity runtime costs money for Unity to keep running on people's computers. It doesn't yeah. work that way, right? Uh, but but that's what they what it kind of sounded like they were trying to make it sound like, right? Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it was very bizarre. And if you're like deep in the weeds, like actually building games, you're you're even confused because you're like, okay, but I use IL two CPP, so like, what actually? So I guess I'm not shipping a runtime. Like, I know I'm shipping a library, mm-hmm. but like, it's there actually isn't a runtime in my build. So what exactly is it that's going? And obviously, it's just a license term, right? And those things yeah. are so, and that's fine. But I think it was just, and when they did issue a correction saying we're, we apologize and we think everybody's really confused about this, it's like, yeah, it's it's. That seems like a little bit putting it on us, like right, you know. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, yeah. And like, I, I remember, so, um, so I'm part of a group called the Unity Insiders, mm-hmm. uh, which is effectively it's a program that Unity has had for a few years now, which is a bunch of community members, like big names in the Unity community. Uh, we share a Slack channel on Unity's um, Slack. Uh, And so it's just a way for us to like network and talk to each other. And sometimes Unity like talks to us before they make any changes or if they want feedback from us or whatever. Um, And we, all of us insiders, we got access to this announcement uh, 24 hours before it was announced. So they reached out to us and they were like, hey, so we're going to publish this thing. We're making some changes to the monetization related stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So they reached out about that and then they asked for feedback. Um, 24 hours to give feedback on this. Um, And pretty much everybody was like, this is bizarre. Like, this is like, are you you serious? Are you actually going to like announce this in 24 hours? This is like, what do you mean by installs? What is going on? Like, why? Like, sure, I guess you need more money, but like everybody would expect a rev share. Like, this is this is really weird. Um, and so everybody was just like giving them feedback, like the, you you can't release this. The, this is untenable. Like we we can't track installs. That's a completely bonkers like metric. Yeah. Um, and we we just gave as much feedback as we could. And um, you know, the more we thought about it, it's it's like okay, but like the, the there were like a few people among us insiders that were like. Um, 
you know, they were like, oh, so if you look at the numbers, uh, it actually doesn't turn out to be that expensive for most people. It, yeah. It's actually not that expensive. Like if you're an indie developer, you're barely affected by this uh, like new monetization scheme and and whatnot. And it's like, that's technically true. Uh, like it doesn't really affect most like indie developers or premium games developers in that uh, in that sense in general. Um, but the core issue is really a loss of trust right. because a lot yes. of people started using unity expecting their monetization model to remain the same. And then they apply this not only to future games made in unity, but retroactively to already released games. Right. Yes. Um, and so effectively, if you, if you were a successful game, like, I don't know, like if you made firewatch for instance, um, and it's made in unity and any sales after like in 2024 and beyond, uh, would go under this model, even though the game was made in a much older version of Unity. It was released like a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, and and to some extent, this is just a uh, it, it's a pretty severe breach of trust. Because um, yeah. yeah. like you, if you I don't know, if like your partner all of a sudden said that like um, like, oh, if you bring like more than four friends over, I'm, I'm, I'm going to want one dollar from you for for every additional friend you bring home. And it's like. I guess I never really bring home more than two or three friends, so maybe it's not going to affect me in practice, but also, what the fuck? Like, right. why? Why? Also, here's the invoice for all the dinner parties in the last 10 years. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's like, we've been in a relationship for all this time, and all of a sudden, you're pulling this shit on me. Like, what do you mean you want money for this? Like, this makes no sense. I didn't sign up for this. This is bizarre. Yeah. Um, and so... And so that is really the core issue, because obviously the next question is like, what other changes could they do, right. uh, yes. given that they've now broken this trust? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, so it was a very stressful 24 hours, and we kind of did what we could to try to get them to not release this um, <laughs> and just kind of roll it back or like think this over. Right. Because you weren't, you weren't just criticizing the like, oh, this is a bad plan or, oh, you should change it. It's like if you do this, we will all suffer. You will suffer. Like you, you, you must have known the, the what type of blowback it would get. And oh yeah, uh, and in those yeah. twenty four hours, I mean, I don't know. It's unrealistic to expect them to have done anything more than just this is advance notice. I'm sure they said, you know, please, we'd welcome your feedback. But I can't imagine they realistically expected to do anything with it in those twenty four hours. But what did you have any expectation that they that or was it really just like, well, let's just throw things against the wall because it's our duty to, even though we know nothing's going to change? I mean, I think all of us feel like we have to try, you know, um, even though obviously this must have been planned or I hope this was planned like long in advance. Or actually, I don't know what's worse, if it was planned like five months in advance or one month in advance. Well, both there, there are, is like, some evidence. Yeah, yeah. There is some evidence um, to suggest that this was long in the making. And this is where okay. this is where there's evidence here, but also this can drift into conspiracy theories. But the the terms of service, a thing Unity did years ago, was like, and they made it to do a PR hit, which is like, hey, we're going to put our terms of service up on GitHub. Yeah. So when we make changes, you will see them, you can track them, and you, the terms of service that you agree to, will you can just hold on to that, right? And that was a that was a core part of the thing, which is to say that once you agree to this. We'll, we can change our terms of service, but you can continue to use the one you agreed to. You're not subject to new rules yeah. if you don't blah, blah, blah. Um, and that was, I mean, that's honestly, that's like table stakes for like treating customers fairly, but whatever. It, was, it felt like a big move from them or a big offer from them. And I think part of that was in response to comp competition from Unreal, right? Like, the, you know, years ago when Unreal was like, oh, we're going to be public now. People don't always 
don't always remember, but Unreal wasn't as publicly available yeah. until Unreal Four, and and that and I think that was part of that response to that is trying to like do some consumer friendly things. But I think in uh, February 2022, I don't I don't have that exactly in front of me, but somewhere around there, they changed, they took, they removed that clause from. So this was quite a while ago now, uh, over a year ago, and so. Um, the thinking is, well, maybe they were just like, well, we want to reserve the right to do some other things, or they had some brain, or they were thinking about this for quite a while, which makes it even dumber because of yeah. how unthinking it sort of things. But um, they've also since taken the terms of service project off of GitHub. Mm-hmm. They didn't announce it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people were looking at that and thinking like, oh, you know, they put up this thing of, that was really a, a um, asking for trust. And it looked like this was their demonstration of earning that trust. And then it just disappeared. And then they rescinded it, and and that and that happened last year. Yeah. Right. And then and this is this that allowed them to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, now the question is is does it actually actually allow them to do it? Because certainly um, I'm looking at the versions of the the LTS version that we're using for Dream Settler, and it's under the latest terms of service. But my understanding of what the terms of service was was that we wouldn't be subject to any changes. And so I I mean. I'm not a lawyer. There's no legal advice, but we talked about it as a team, and we're like, if they try to send us a bill, we will not pay it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I feel pretty confident. Like, let them come for us. Like, I don't care what the thing says about subject to change. Like, there's a, I mean, there's letter of the law and there's spirit of the law, right? And the fact that they announced this now, but put it in the works a long time ago without telling anybody, felt to me. Um, and I think this is where past this point, it gets conspiratorial. But I think this is a reasonable assumption to make is that they did this so they could make this change. Yeah. Whether they knew they were going to make this change exactly, I can't say. But I think what that means is the not letting people know, trying to do it on the sly is a violation of contract law, right? You can't just sneak a change into something. You're just not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Like even if you can get away, even if you technically get away with it, it will not survive in court. Yeah. And so I feel pretty strongly that like, yeah, if, if they went had gone through with it and they tried to send us a bill, you know, um, you know, after ho- after some hopeful success, like I would feel very comfortable just saying, oh, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, of course, all the other things about like how they would even determine the fact, do they even know what games come out? Like all that stuff is 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 yeah. separate from that. And yeah. there are corrections to it. The stuff that came out today addresses kind of all of it. Um, and we'll get into that. But the main thing, and, and Freya, you brought it up earlier, which is that ultimately, and this might have is what gave them confidence to move forward with this originally, is that it isn't, it really wouldn't affect a lot many people. Right. And and the people it would affect are people who can afford it. Yeah. Now, I think that gave them some false confidence that it would go over a little better than it did. That's my impression too. Yeah. Yeah. The, the metaphor that I sort of came up with in my head to describe it is like, okay, great. It's like you're driving on Rainbow Road, but like the road is, you know, 20 meters wide. Mm-hmm. You feel pretty safe. You're not going to fall off a 20 meter wide rainbow road. Yeah. But still, you'd like there to be guardrails, please. Yeah. And I think that that um, that's the thing they didn't quite understand is the like, I mean, it's the sort of, I mean, it's the aspirations. It's like when they say, oh, it's not going to affect you. It's like, you don't tell me I'm, my game's going to fail. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not a thing I want to hear from you, Unity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that it, it, it I, I, what I what I find most frustrating about this, I think, particularly, is because of the way it was communicated. Yeah, it was just unclear, especially from Jump. Yeah, like like you were saying, Freya, like what the heck does an install mean? Um, how are you going to keep track of all of that? Like, there are plenty of times when people install my game that I didn't intend for them to install my game. Things like that. Like, how is that going to be tracked? All of those things. And even if it doesn't necessarily affect me, you're still talking about this 
elusive installs thing that like could potentially um, affect me down the line. What if my game does really well all of a sudden? Yeah. Then what do I do now? I have to worry about this. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, they just, okay. Maybe you're on among us and yeah. like you make, you, you sell 10,000 copies or whatever and you're yeah. doing okay. And then suddenly become a big hit. Right. If you weren't, if you didn't have all that logistics in place ahead of time. Yeah. Like then you're, are you screwed? Like, right. What, yeah. Like what's the mechanism by which unity comes a knock in? Mm. And all, just all of that was just like irresponsible. I mean, yes. the amount of like psychic damage Right. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. It, it did to so many people. Um, is, is I mean that is, I mean that is like that's material harm mm-hmm. to people, I- independent of like financial harm or whatever, and and just absolutely insane that they didn't have anything like that in mind as a potential. Yeah. Um, Ellen. Hi. Um, Ellen has been watching as we've been talking the uh, fireside chat that uh, Unity folks have been doing, which they're doing right now as we record. And you've been taking some notes. I see you have a lot of them here. Is there anything you'd like to report to us? Yeah. So first off, they don't have live captions enabled on YouTube. That's annoying. Hell heck. They really should have. <laughs> but Chrome has a built-in. Maybe Firefox has this too, but I couldn't figure out how to get it really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a built-in live caption feature. So I've enabled that. And I'm kind of just following the dialogue. Yeah. Um. So they started out, I think, the first few minutes You know, that we've been talking so far. They've been kind of mea culpa, corp speak. Yeah. Um. Jason, I think, started out with some more softball questions. Jason Wyman, who's running the interview. Mark Witten on the Unity side is the one who's given us the answers. Um, Jason asked why they didn't start with the rev share. And Mark kind of said, you know, we tried to find something that was fair and that initially seemed fair. So a non-answer then. Non-answer. I'm paraphrasing. That's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I'm paraphrasing. He's really not going into any of like the postmortem of how did this happen. Yeah. Um, he's definitely trying to focus on this is what we're planning to do. Right, because that's not their job today, but I think they don't appreciate that like that's what that's where the trust rebuilding needs to start. Yes. And and I guess I I, I want to give them a little sympathy. I appreciate that they don't know that yet. Yep. Yep. And that makes sense. They haven't said that specifically though, that yeah, we're gonna be exploring how we made this big mistake. They haven't said that yet. Oh yeah, it's, it's possible they never will. Um, but I think they need to. I mean, mm-hmm. based on what we're talking about, right? Like to rear in some of that trust, something People need to trust that their processes mean that they're getting the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like one of the biggest issues with the, uh, I guess we'll get into it, but the blog that was released today, uh, one of the biggest issues with it is that it doesn't actually go through all the trust problems. It doesn't like right. yeah. address how could this happen in the first place at Unity? Like what what happened? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And uh, what, what actions are you going to take to prevent this from happening again? Yeah. That is completely missing from that. And I was sort of hoping that this fireside chat would be that big, like, half of the whole issue yeah we're most of the details are coming about that are coming through this chat that i've seen so far um the fireside chat are about the revisions to the plan yeah that the blog post covers okay. and clarification of okay that. that's useless because they've already covered that yeah in the blog itself <laughs> yeah exactly and in the extension you know the links that extend that information so you know mark has been saying like some of the feedback we got over the last week was that there are many distribution platforms and they're all different. So that's why we have a choice for revenue share or engagements. Wow, it's interesting they just learned that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you just, mm-hmm. I'm glad that you got that feedback now. Um, so self, you know, things we already know, self-reported data, yeah. what can you explain what an engagement is, at which point, and I did write this down because I thought it was funny, Mark said, and I quote, I'm going to sound like a little corporate here for a second, end quote, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Because I'm jaded. Anyway, 
Um, so they talked a little bit about what a legitimate user is, not automated, not someone who bought it and then immediately refunded it. And Jason clarified, like, okay, so to get this number to self-report my engagements, yeah. I'm going to, like, go into Steam and look at my numbers and say, okay, I sold this many and I'm, I refunded this many and I subtract that for how many I sold and then I report that to Unity. And from what I understand, from what I was looking at, you know, from the captions, Mark was like, yes, it's self-reported based on the information you easily have available. Right, And that's one of the big yeah. changes is like that all the all the confusion is now being put on the developer, but the developer is now free to interpret it in a way that's most generous to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still, what's the mechanism? And it's an extra duty that you have to do, which still sucks, yeah. but... Um, it does, I believe, I would say it alleviates a lot of the confusion, but it doesn't re- absolve them of choosing this dumb system in the first place. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And and I'm like, the, um, oh God, I'm trying to figure out how to navigate the NDA. Uh, but I guess a lot of these <laughs> things are now public. Uh, I could probably talk about the things that are public. Um, like, I, I literally had meetings with Mark, um, mm-hmm. like a few times before um, this update. Um, and, and like, we talked about this very thing, like about installs and we were talking about how like it makes no sense and, and all of that. And then eventually I just got to the point of like, okay, so what if, what if you make a premium game, you're selling it on steam and what if you just report your sales? Would that be an acceptable metric for like the number of sales? Would that be an okay metric for your installs? And, and he was like, yeah, that would work. And, and I'm just like, why did you not include this in the first update? Like, why? Like, it would be so easy. And it would just like, like this, that would remove so many of the criticisms and, and all of the issues that happened um, because of this thing of installs, right? Yeah, yeah. It feels like their concerns are, they, they have these concerns that we don't have, which is like, how is a platform going to get around it? Like in terms of say, like, um, like a streaming game or like just things that like th- the clarity t- would tie their hands. And I think they were, they were too willing to let the confusion sit rather than tie their hands mm, mm-hmm. um, as to what that is, um, at least until now, whereas they've been a little bit more clear in that, particularly because it is self-reported now. But they're, you know, they may at some point get involved if some developer is like trying to say like they have the game, but they didn't install it or they didn't, whatever their new term is or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's interesting that that was definitely something that Freya, you and others were like hammering them on all this time. And that this is, a, and they kind of got there in the end, but still not fully there, I don't think. Um, well, um, Ellen, unless there's anything else to report, I think we can, let's get rid, because we've been talking about it a bit, let's get right into these updates from today. Okay, I do have two more things. Okay. Um, so Jason asked a really good question. If you could go back in time and redo this from the start, what would you have done differently? And um, Mark kind of said, you know, this is a business model transition and there's a lot to work through here, but I would have been more clear and consistent with the information shared, more examples along the way. And candidly, if I could go back, I would go and get that feedback from the community earlier. Okay. Well, that's something. I was expecting their answer to be, if I could change anything, I would I would change that it had gone down better. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's usually what people, yeah. what corporate speak, that's usually the answer you get. It's yeah. like... It, Things could have gone a lot better, and we could have been part of that going better. Yeah. It's like, but actually, the the candidly, we could have gotten more feedback. Like, I mean, duh. But yes. I mean, yes. But duh. you heard it here first. Unity says play test. So <laughs> <laughs> basically, <laughs> you said you had one more thing. Uh, yeah, Jason was asking a little bit about what happens with future um, pricing changes, and yeah, um, I think what 
they're still kind of on this question. What Mark is kind of going through right now on this part of the call is basically they're very focused on building a strong company that can last into the future. Mm -hmm. Um, And to do that, they need to work through some, you know, some of these business model transitions. And so um, that's not really an example of how they will yeah the community better um but what i'm what i'm reading between the lines here is like okay um basically they might change it again and they've learned that they need to get feedback earlier what i did see jason say just now is that he does want to get back to the trust questions in a bit um so i think now is a good time for us to talk about the updates yeah yeah watching the chat we'll we'll check in again and see if they they move the needle on that back Um, to you mark oh okay great (laughs) thanks ellen um (laughs) So today's update, um, I suspect a lot of people have read it already, but it is very fresh. Um, and there's some good news in there. Now, if this was in a vacuum, you might have said this was all right. Um, I think you might have also said this is still a price increase. Um, so I think people are definitely anchored to the drama of last week for good and ill. But um, the fee does not apply to Unity Personal. Mm-hmm. And the original one of the things they announced in the original announcement was that um, you could use a Unity Personal a license until your game makes a certain threshold. And I believe, and I don't have this exactly in front of me, but I believe that you needed to get a Unity Pro license if your company revenue, or there was some other metric in which you were not allowed to use Unity Personal, yeah. even before you sold your game. Yeah. And then, and that made some sense because it was a per seat license per month, which meant that you could just wait till your game was done and then buy it for a month, release your game, and then not buy it the next month. Yeah. And I think that was for that. That is now gone. You, uh, any Anyone anywhere can use Unity Personal to develop their game. And then you can just get Unity Pro when you need to, I guess. It's still, that makes it convoluted. But mm. because the fee now does not apply to Unity uh, Personal, basically, if you don't meet that threshold in which you have to get a pro license, the per game uh, sales, um, then you can, then this will never apply to you. Yeah. And that is something that like, it, that's the guardrails on Rainbow Road. Right. Yeah. Like the Unity is was not going to make money from those people anyway, probably. Right. And so now they're just just enumerating it. Yeah. Um. Which is like, well, I guess, why didn't they? So it does seem like good news, but I think in the context, it didn't apply to Unity Personal a month ago. So yeah. You know, I don't know. Um. The other thing, and this is new, this is new, is that the splash screen, the the dreaded, feared, hated, reviled Unity splash screen, is now completely optional. I don't know why they say optional. They just say it's gone. But. <laughs> Um, it's optional for uh, Unity Personal licenses. That was the one restriction. Like they, it used to be that Unity Personal had a lot more restrictions, a lot more APIs you couldn't use. Um, you couldn't use dark mode, and that that actually worked for a long time. <laughs> um, and uh, and the splash screen now, pretty much just the splash screen, some APIs, but just the splash screen that is now gone. You don't need to use it. But I believe, and I don't think they've been clear on this. I believe that is going to be just for Unity twenty twenty three going forward. Yeah, um, yes. that's the case. Uh, and that, I think, that provides, I believe, an incentive for Unity personal users to continue to upgrade Unity. Um, and, and so then they join this new universe. Because that's the other big change, is that um, now uh, these these runtime fees will not apply to anybody anywhere for games that are released or in development. In fact, it will only apply to a version of Unity that is not out yet yeah. and going forward. That is something where if they had started from that from the beginning, then you could be mad about it. But you're like, that's just how it works, you know? Like they, you, yeah, like, but that was the the huge breach of trust to me. Yes. Like, yes. you springing that retroactive change on people is insane right. in my mind. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah. So, so when I was in talks with Unity, like this particular thing was the thing that I was pushing the hardest on. I was like, 
you have to do it on like future versions of Unity. You can't do this on previous versions. It's really weird. Yeah. And it like breaks so much trust. Um, yeah. Cause like, I don't know, it's sort of like people, people go into using Unity expecting these things to be stable and they make like predictions and how their business is gonna run in the future yeah. based on this like deal with Unity, the company, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I pushed really hard to get this change done on, on the retroactive changes. And I, I'm really happy they actually went through with that. Yeah, and not just, uh, my fear was that it was going to be Unity 2022 going forward mm-hmm. uh, i thought they were going to try to just get a little bit because there are very few games that have been released on that long-term version because it's yeah. only been out for a couple months and so i thought they were going to try to make that happen um i mean per- uh, speaking selfishly that's the version we're currently on on dream settler and it's and now it seems like it's the version we're going to ship on <laughs> which is a little sad but you know that's how it goes mm-hmm. um so i'm i'm glad that they realized it would be more trouble than it's worth to try to sneak you know uh, pass the goalposts on that one. Yeah. And it is for the, that long-term version. And uh, Freya, thank you for pushing for that and for identifying that as sort of the key concern, right? Because the terms could be good or bad, but as long as you get to choose if it applies to you yeah. is is the key thing here. And and and, and yeah. uh, I'm, I'm glad that, that, uh, that you fought for that and I'm glad that they uh, went that way. Um, uh, other deals here, I mean, they have a quote in here, which is just to kind of try to clarify it. They say, no game with less than a million dollars um, in 12-month revenue will be subject to the fee. That's kind of their like bottom line, they're saying. Mm. Um, and I think that's their way of trying to say, again, because that's they've been whining this whole time, like, you're going to be fine. It's not going to apply to you. It's not going to apply to you. Stop complaining. Yeah. Like, And I think this is that's just them tr- still trying to say that. Yeah. Whereas I don't think, I think, I mean, you make, you're making a little game, you, su- you give it away for free on itch. These things still matter to you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's insulting that they think, that you don't speak that language, mm. that that you are that you're not interested in what those terms are, that you are that you know that they have to that they have to give you the the bottom line, dumbed down line to make you feel comfortable instead of just actually ensuring these things uh, contractually. You know, yeah. um, so it's I'm still upset about the way they handle that, and that they I don't think they fully learned their lesson because they still think they need to reassure people in using that kind of language and not just give them the data and let smart people who make video games understand it for themselves right um and i know i guess they're trying to they're trying to clarify it but i, I mean at least they're trying and they weren't trying before but I, so. I feel i still feel like it comes from a place of like of like why are they so mad it doesn't apply to that you know i think that's still what I, they sure are, are doing yeah yeah i think the problem is that a lot of us are very confused and angsty about the whole situation <laughs> right so, yeah exactly <laughs> according to unity <laughs> yeah oh that's that's rough like just that that kind of I mean, there's a sort of crisis mode of any company that makes a big mistake like this, and they they, they sort of can't help but continue to put their foot in their mouth a little bit. But it, those those interim clarifications were were pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, that that was actually a huge discussion in the like um, for the Unity insiders. That was a huge discussion like that we had and with Unity about like. What do we do about the silence? Because the silence is absolutely killing everybody. It's yeah. like so frustrating to like go through like an entire week where Unity haven't said anything about if they're going to make changes to this, if they're going to roll it back or like what's going on. Um, and we had a long conversation about this internally about like how like some people said that we should absolutely like update the public about what's going on uh, or revert it immediately. Um, like I was the one of people who said that, like, if you want to take time to make this decision, that's fine, but revert it first and then yeah. make that decision. Yeah. Um, 
but they were they refused to do that they did not budge on like reverting it entirely and then making another change right um i'm guessing it has something to do with like optics and maybe stocks or whatever like maybe it looks (laughs) bad to shareholders if they roll it back immediately because they're going to appear incompetent or something i don't know um but they refused to do that um and so the only thing I could push them to do is at least say something that they're actually working on it rather than complete silence. Um, and so that was like the third tweet, I think, that they did yeah, since the announcement yeah. where they basically said, where they, where they said we were confused and angsty um, <laughs> and then that they need some time to think about this. Um, and the, and they did say we are making changes announcement in yeah. the next couple of days. And th- these were rough I days. I gave them feedback on some of the specific wording there because I was like, if you say we are making changes, people are going to assume you're not going to roll it back. Uh, so I just right. let them know that that's what, what people are going to read. Um, and uh, what was the last part of that? It was like, um, they're like, I forget what they said. We'll have an update in the next couple of days, which is of the vague, the vaguest of, of, of timelines. It was right. not a couple of Yeah, days. so it people like are going to read days. into couple. It's yeah. like, that's two days. Right. And then if it's not two days, people right. are going to be pissed off. And then, and you know, was, inevitably delayed de- delays happen. Well, so. a little behind the, the scenes, we were, we, once we had that information, we're like, okay, let's record a show about it. Yeah. We're, 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 we're sort of our schedule lines up. And so we've been pushing off this, this recording day by day. Uh, for for this announcement so that's a little bit of the angst on our side mm-hmm. um but i think i mean honestly it's really all our own fault because they said a couple of days and it's game dev terms so that should mean five days yeah. right that's not two or three it's always twice as long as you think it's going to take i mean unity mm-hmm. is not a game dev is all i would say <laughs> <laughs> not after firing the gaia team yeah. exactly <laughs> Um, okay, so the, uh, there are, are further changes, and yeah. a lot of it is good news. So they, they've they've committed to, and I'll believe it when I see it. No more retroactive terms of service changes. Sure, yeah. I would like to see them put their TOS back on GitHub, but right. they have definitely proven that that doesn't mean squat. They're gonna do that. It's they in are. their uh, FAQ. They're actually gonna reinstate that. Okay, oh, okay, that's good. That's good. And hopefully, them being chastised into doing it means that it would be an even bigger <laughs> disaster if they went back on that. So yeah. that's that. I do. I I I'm being glib but i do i do trust that that is something that we can uh, count on going forward so that's really really good because but at the same time i mean that's good for unity because it means that they can make other changes right if they say like listen our shareholders are 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 upset or we're greedy and then they increase the fees like then that can just apply going forward and then people can make their choices in the market whether they want to use the engine or not Mm -hmm. and people can be mad about it but like by keeping the making sure that the tos stays the thing you agreed to yeah, it lets Unity make whatever stupid changes they want to in the future, and then everyone can just deal with it. Like I think yeah. they're tr- trying to have their cake and eat it too. Of it was it was the big disaster. Yeah. Um. So that's not just good for us. It also does give Unity an an avenue to continue to experiment with this model in future years. So that yeah. that may not be great. Um. You know. You know. In long term, but um. But I think that's. I think that might be why they went for it. It wasn't just that they gave in. I think they probably yeah. And I think it. um. I mean, I think there's also not to be too capitalist, but but I think there's a bit of an argument to be made here about like there's like Unreal has had this model of like if you succeed, we get success from that too. Like yeah. we get a certain percentage out of your games, right? Uh, Unity hasn't really had that model. Right. Um, like if you make a hit game in Unity, uh, you're just still paying your seat licenses. Like if yeah. you if you are Genshin Impact and you make like bank on your game, Unity gets zero. Right. from that um and and so 
Um, but, but so then you can think like, okay, so what are the incentives for Unity? Like, how does Unity make money? And it's like, well, they, they're kind of an ad company. They make a lot of their money from like mobile ads and that whole side of the company. Um, and so the incentives for Unity, like what they should invest in to make more money, which most companies do, it's not really the games, you know, that they, they yeah. should, if they're like trying to make money, invest more on the ad space because that's where they make money. Um, and so the incentives there are not really aligned with game developers. It's more aligned with ad tech, right? Yeah. Um, yep. But if you look at Unreal, like they actually do make money when game developers make money. Um, right. Now, of course, it, Unreal is a bit of a different situation because they have Fortnite, which is like making <laughs> bank on their own. So, yeah. um, so they're in a different position. Yeah, Epic can afford to be generous. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Unity can. Um, right, and right. so I feel like, I don't know, it sucks that it gets more expensive, but I can sort of see an argument that at least like the incentives will be will be a little bit more aligned and they actually get more incentivized to um, work on the game side of things. That is the best I argument hope. I've heard for a revenue share for an engine maker, because in my mind, I mean, like you don't charge people who use shapes a rev share if they make a great no. game with shapes. And why shouldn't you, you know, if it's the incentives are similar, but I think that is a, that's the better argument that I've ever heard be, for it. But my position has always been charge for the product you make. I will buy the product you make. Mm -hmm. And I know that that doesn't that I mean that there are realities to that, right? Yeah. That means that maybe the scope has to be smaller. Maybe that means they can't invest in certain things and, and that, you know, independent of all of that, I do feel that the idea of a revenue share for a third party library, I, I just don't fundamentally i don't like the idea mm. but i am i am moved a little bit by that incentive uh argument so that that moves me a little bit um and unreal does it and people seem to be happy with uh, unreal doing it mm -hmm. um but uh, but the 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 frustrating thing is now uh, unity's doing both yeah <laughs> they're charging for mm -hmm. the product and again trying to have their cake and eat it too but i am moved by that incentive argument because i think you're absolutely right and that maybe they will be more focused on things that actually matter to game developers so I really hope they do, uh, because I feel like Unity has gotten so bloated as of late. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so um, the other big thing here is, uh, we talked about it a bit before, is this self-reporting this data. But basically, you have the, uh, now have a choice between uh, two different ways to pay Unity if you, if you meet these thresholds. One is you can pay the runtime fee by doing all that accounting and tracking yourself which seems like a lot of labor, um, but um, but also you get to determine the, the interpretation, so you can be as generous to yourself as you want, as long as you're fair, um, or a 2.5% revenue share, um, which is interesting, and it's kind of a stealth announcement in here, because it's, again, I mean, like, Freddy, like you were saying, like, why not just do that? Mm -hmm. um, but also, it, they've, they've clarified that it's the lesser of the two. Yeah, you get to pick. You get to pick. Yeah. So, so this also precludes the sort of frustration about, like, going into a negative value or, or a bundle deal, uh, uh, you know, causing you to lose money. Um, but again, then why not just... Anyway, but what's interesting about it is that the uh, last week, uh, Jason Schreier wrote in Bloomberg some of... Uh, not these, all these details, but uh, the hint of what was to come. Um, and and reported that they were going to cap it at four percent, and two point five is could, uh, considerably less than that, especially if you're talking about a game like Genshin Impact mm -hmm. um, or Among Us or any of those big games that that this is what where the money that Unity is going after. Um, my theory on this is that they must have talked to, to a couple of those developers, <laughs> and 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 got talked down to two point five um, because it is a substantial difference from what was leaked, or it could just be that that number was just wrong. 
Um, but then that also assumes they upgrade to the new version of Unity because it no longer applies retroactively. Right, right. right. I, I guess I'm assuming that the folks who make Genshin Impact or Inner Sloth or that they are they're a little more incentivized to keep on the treadmill than an indie game who's you know the successor failure will is the means whether they're in this business or not. Yeah. Um, like we're probably going to stay on 2022 just to avoid the trouble. But I think we can. We don't. We definitely don't need what's coming next. Mm. But I think if you're an ongoing concern, a free-to-play game that as I think you might be more incentivized to go for it. In which case, that number would scare you so badly that four percent that you would probably you would probably suffer to stay on an earlier version. And then Unity doesn't. I don't know. There's lots. It's wheels within wheels now. Yeah. But I, I was surprised by I was surprised by that number. One like additional thing that I like about the fact that it only applies to the future versions of Unity is that now Unity is actually kind of committed to providing new value in yeah. the new versions of Unity, yeah. uh, which I kind of like because now it actually puts more pressure on them to like, you know, give us more useful things and yeah. not just like, ooh, here's some new AI garbage. And it know? can't just be, uh, you don't have to use the splash screen because that's not enough for me to move on. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Well, I like I, I was saying in our dev chat, like, uh, it, it, unless 2023 gives me free sandwiches for life, like, <laughs> I'm not upgrading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, they could they could get close to free sandwiches for life if, you know, if they if they do make updates. Mm-hmm. And it, those terms of service changes, if those, you know, if those remain uh, tied to the versions you use as 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 it all should be, then that means if they do want to monkey with it and change that rate in the future, then that means they have to provide even greater incentives. Yeah. And so all that, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I like that too. For, for, sure. for comparison's sake, wow, what is the revenue share for Epic? Does anyone know? Uh, 5%. 5%? Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that explains the number, I think, because it's half of Epic. <laughs> you just do the math, you're like, oh, it's yeah, twice yeah, yeah. good. Well, um, I mean, I think, I mean, if I'm Unity, I mean, not that I have... Uh, my analysis is in any way complete or correct, but yeah. I, I would target something similar. Like that's why, yeah. that's why the 4% made a lot of sense. To yeah. Me. Sure. Um, because like what, there's not a lot of other games in town Yeah. and the, the, the seat license you get is kind of a pittance if you're at that scale, mm. um, which is, I mean, I do still believe they should just get rid of the unity pro seat license. Cause like that's, mm-hmm. that's not the money they're after anymore. And yeah. it's can't, I asked them money. about that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why not just remove that if you're going for rev chain? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess for the companies that pay it for you know twenty developers every month, it's 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 real money. But mm. it, it, but companies like that, I guess, can afford it. And maybe so maybe there's not. I think for folks in the indie space, um, it seems like a just please throw us that bone. But I I don't know if there's a lot of double A AA or triple A studios actually complaining about it. Yeah. Um, but they should because it does seem like a tax on a tax, right? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the thing I'm, I'm actually curious about, and Frey, if you have this information, um, the, the that choice between the runtime fee and the 2.5 percent, and you choose the lesser, is that a thing you can do month to month? Or, I mean, like, there's no. What are the terms oh. on that? Like, and and when do you announce to you? Like, because it's all it's self-reported. It feels to me that what information I've got so far, it would you could just switch it over if it, if you calculate it less for the next month. It's a little unclear to me. I haven't read up on all the details there because yeah. it's a little unclear whether or not you pick or if it's always the lesser of the two. Right, um, right. I'm not sure, uh, and I don't know like what on what basis it is or on what time frame. But yeah, yeah, I haven't looked into that. Yet. I mean, there's a logistical burden there. If you're tracking it every month, then you have to track it every month. Yeah, and that's annoying. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's actually quite a lot of nuance um, in how that works because, like, for example, if you're working with a publisher. Um, a lot of publishers have a deal where they want to recoup their investment before you get any money as right. a developer. 
Uh, so when you talk about a rev share, it's like, okay, is it the revenue that your studio makes or is it the revenue that the game makes? Uh, yeah. Because yep. that revenue is going to the publisher first, you know? And before that, um, it's going to Xbox or something yeah. or, or to Steam. Yeah, yeah, or Steam or And whatever. so uh, um, if it's, I mean, honestly, like, it, and yeah, those terms have not been enumerated because yeah. that was a concern mm-hmm. I had as well as like, I'm sorry about that uh, yeah, um, you know. Uh, percentage of what? <laughs> like, yeah, they were talking about. Oh, yeah, Microsoft and even those threshold, thresholds, right? Oh, that? yes. Oh, yeah. I, I need to complain about this. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Before we move on, this was so upsetting. So th- I think this might have been the most frustrating thing to me in terms of their like absolute like inability to communicate properly, Honestly, same, and understand properly. Yeah. Is one of their Twitter clarifications was when someone asked about like Game Pass, right? Mm-hmm. Or like Netflix does, you know, uh, similar deals. There's yeah. other things around, and that will only go. And of course. PlayStation has it too, yeah. or PlayStation Plus. We always forget about that. <laughs> Been around for a couple months now. Uh-huh. Um, but what happens with those? Because that can definitely put you in the hole if you're a smaller indie title. And right. I think they did clarify. Said, "Oh no, 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 no! Don't worry about it. That'll be the platform holders will pay for that." And I think they were kind of leaving enough wiggle room to determine the exact of that. Yeah. But if I'm Microsoft, one of the reasons I put in small indie games on Game Pass is it's cheap content. Right. I don't have to pay that developer a lot because yeah. it's a smaller team and it can still be a good payday for them. Mm-hmm. And I can offer the game and they can offer their game to millions of players yeah. who will install it for free. Right. And if I'm Microsoft, I don't want to pay that fee. Yeah. Like, and so does that mean I'm like what the incentive for Microsoft to then, are they going to sign those small indie games anymore? Right. If yeah. suddenly that puts them on the hook? The way this would end up working is either Microsoft would just decide no more Unity games on our platform because yeah. I don't want to pay for that. Or they'll have you have the developers pay for it somehow, right? Or the, that'll that'll change the terms or of the those publishers. agreements. Yeah, or the publishers. Yeah. So right. they offer so many, you know, tens or hundreds of thousand dollars for a certain game. Yeah. Then like, well, they they ca- calculate well these types of games do this well, therefore Unity is going to give us this bill. Yeah. We'll cut that off of the offer we make. Yeah. Like, and the fact that Unity was like, ah, don't worry, Microsoft's pay for it. Like, right. Just completely ignoring all the externalities to that, and that that I think that one thing. Is what like totally threw me this last that week. Made me so upset. Yeah, <laughs> because uh-huh. it was just like this literally cannot happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen the way that you're making it sound like it's going to happen. So yeah. what's happening now? But also, even them saying that is like that seems like a violation of the o- their own terms. Yes, right. Like like it, it, the the way they described their the system, and then they said, yeah. oh, but these special cases will have whole different systems for it. Yeah, like that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, all right. Um, side rant over. Um, so, I mean, effectively, though, we don't necessarily know exactly how that's supposed to go down because they haven't clarified that thoroughly enough. Well, right? yeah, that's still basically in play. But because it's the lesser of, I think it, it basically solves that problem. Like, uh, Yeah, it, I suppose it I, doesn't. I believe extent. now, well, that's the good question. Is Are they still going to try to get Microsoft to pay it? Right. Because then, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, I honestly, I if I'm them, I'm just like, forget we said that. And it's just going to be, mm. so it's simple in one well, system for everybody. Well, then say that, forget we said yeah, that. For, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't just let it be hanging in the air. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to write a letter. Um, <laughs> hey, folks, Mark here from the very near future, editing this episode immediately after we recorded it. Hoping to get it out by tonight. Maybe it'll go a little bit past midnight. We'll see. Longtime listeners know that we produce Nice Games Club with a focus on sustainability because your nice hosts are all working professional game developers. But sometimes even a show like ours needs to respond to breaking news. And that means reorienting our professional obligations to get an episode like this one researched, outlined, scheduled, and recorded. In this case, it also meant some rescheduling as we waited for Unity's announcement, which was delayed multiple times this week. Putting together an episode like this takes extra effort and a bit of sacrifice, but we do it because the show and our listeners mean a lot to us. So here's the sell. 
If any of that means anything to you, I hope you'll join us on Patreon and support the production of the program with however much money makes sense to you. You'll get ad-free episodes and lots of bonus content, sure, but mainly it's a way to let Ellen, Stephen, and I know that what we're doing is worth it to you, which makes it worth it to us. Patreon.com slash NiceGamesClub. Thanks. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Ultimately, this clarification was a pretty short message. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've got the, uh, the the fireside chat that's still going on. And Ellen is taking a ton of notes. <laughs> we'll check in with our correspondent in a moment. But <laughs> um, but I was actually kind of surprised after I read it. And I was like, oh, this actually, okay, I can see they're, this is their, they are trying their best. You know, they, they, the trust issue is still there. They haven't moved that, you know, one, one bit. Yeah. But um, this is as good news as you could expect from this kind of news. Yeah. Great, cool, and then then it, it just hit me how short the message was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, thinking about what I can say or not say. <laughs> uh, so I read a previous version of this, okay, um, and it was quite a lot longer, mm -hmm. uh, and I liked it a lot better. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, and and largely the changes are about the same from the one that I read. Right. Um, but you know what kind of sucks uh -huh. is that the the version that I read actually read way more personal and it actually kind of had Mark's voice in it. Oh, but the okay. released one feels like it's just stripped his voice and it's so sad. It's kind of like uh. someone like ran it through chat GPT to turn it into a corporate message. And I'm just like, it was so much better before. Like people want to hear like authentic yeah. messaging from Unity right now, not a corporate slob, you know? And particularly because the terms <sighs> that they did end up in are, and I'm, I mean, I'm so loath to say non-objectionable, right? Because like, mm. and I think no one who's been angry this last week wants to dare say Unity did okay. Like that, I think that's, we're like, we're, it makes us I shiver mean, yeah, to, ever, no. to even <laughs> think of saying that. But my point is that I, I think because the 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 information they did give does seem to satisfy a lot of the concerns yeah um or, or at least the biggest ones sure. um then having uh, his voice uh, having mark's voice in there does make a lot of sense now if i'm unity i might be a little bit afraid i th this is my guess as to why they might have stripped that mm. is that maybe i don't want to put a face on it because there's going to be continued harassment um, but then they're doing a fireside chat. I mean, they're doing a live stream yeah. right now, so that that ship sailed already. It might just be another sign of their like constant indecision. Mm. I think it, it's more so that it probably passed through like legal and yeah. the press team, and they probably just stripped a bunch of things because they didn't want that there. Just um, as minimum as possible for sucks. all reasons. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's sort of an, a thing that I think is worth talking about because um, Freya, in this past week. You'd been on Twitter telling people like they're working on it, right? And and people can hear now your frustrations and and the fact that they yeah. they they did and didn't listen. Um, but I think you were a voice of reason, saying that like yes, they are human beings, and 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 you were you were getting some heat for that. And I think um, uh, this the the some of the things we've been hearing from the fireside chat, and at least that initial version that you've uh, uh, indicated us of that message that they are they are trying to put a little bit, they are trying to bear their hearts a little bit 
Um, and I think there's obviously things they can't say about like the motivation of where these, where the motivations for a lot of these changes came from, some of the decision makers. But I'm also seeing like, um, like Will Gladstone, um, who is uh, uh, interfaces with people a lot on Twitter, he's a designer at Unity. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been very pouring his heart out and trying to get people to like understand that there are people who work at Unity. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. as much as I don't want to like let go of the of of the sort of criticism and i don't want to let them off the hook at all yeah i think it is important that like there are people there no yeah, you know? there's, a certain, yeah. Like, um, there's a limit to how upset you need to be i guess with relate to this. oh I, that's not what i'm saying oh, okay I, there's no I, limit to how upset you can be what i mean I, is your actions is yeah. what i'm saying is the actions you yeah and i feel like be most importantly yeah. you have to direct it towards the correct target exactly um, i exactly. feel like when you yeah. talk about these things like i think it's important to separate unity as the company uh-huh. versus unity as the game engine yes versus the person at Unity that pushed this change through, you yeah, know, right. these are very different entities. Right. Um, and we've had, and we've so, had so much evidence of how different they really are. Right. Too. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so like my impression and from talking to people who work at Unity, like Unity's morale has been at an all time low. It's been an absolute chaotic set of days. Yeah. Um, it's been the mood has been garbage at unity for this whole time because like effectively the people working at unity feel the same way we feel in the public we're just like what the fuck just happened you know um but obviously people who work at unity they can't talk about this like publicly because i mean it's hard and they might get fired there's all sorts of like liability issues there um and so it's just been this really frustrating thing of like most people at Unity hate this change too. They're on the same side as the public because we also hate this thing. Mm. Um, and so we're just trying to make it better. And yeah. there's a lot of misdirected anger throughout this whole thing, which has been really frustrating. Um, I got a lot of flack for even trying to make things better, mm-hmm. uh, which was really annoying too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was hard because like, I, I feel like th- there was a huge push like as soon as the first announcement came out and when Unity did their second thing, which basically doubled down on their decision, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of people were just like, all right, we're jumping ship. We're going to start trying Godot. We're going to start trying Unreal. Yeah. I did as well because I, I felt like I have to explore options. Um, and so there was this huge like push towards open source stuff, which I think is great. Like, I I think it's good that we have, like, a healthy ecosystem of games and not just, or game engines and not just one or two or whatever. Yeah. Um, So I think that was, like, a good good thing that came out of this. Um, But on the flip side, um, I've been trying as much as I can and as much as I could. Like, I'm not at Unity, but I can try to be a voice of change, talk to people at Unity, uh, and try to push for something better to come out of this whole, like, shit show, right? Because uh, I like, I wanted something better out of this. Uh, but the issue was that as soon as I talked about the fact that I'm trying to push Unity to change this for the better, people start criticizing me for like being some sort of scab, as yeah. if I'm like I, I'm not like joining in the boycott of Unity, and I'm this like corporate chill and being paid off. I have oh a vested interest, and people started like imagining all these like, conspiracy theories, and I'm just like, that's terrible. Really? <laughs> like, yeah. really? Is that how you see this whole situation? It's actually like. It's so baffling and like, I don't know, I'd like to think that what I'm doing is more akin to what like a union advocate would do to try to like negotiate with like the company. Like that's more akin to what I'm doing. But for some reason, some people were really upset that I didn't just like outright drop Unity. Um, But yeah, and so there's been a lot of like frustrating, like, 
I don't know, frustrating fighting between developers and judging people for staying or judging people for leaving. And like all of that stuff is just really frustrating because yeah. ultimately I, the way I see it, Unity is one of the most popular engines for making games, even for making stuff that's not games. Mm -hmm. There are like tens of thousands of people who use Unity and have used Unity for a decade. Like I have, I've used Unity for 12 years. Um, and there are so many developers that have games that are they're currently working on, and they have entire pipelines set up in Unity for how to make things in Unity. Right. And like everybody's so much more efficient in that space now because they have invested in this engine, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And some people are extremely flippant about this, and it's just like, oh, you should just switch to Godot. Like if oh, you're yeah. not using Godot, you're a shitty person. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> that, it's not that, that right? easy. Yeah. Like this is a very <laughs> difficult thing to do. You can't just like switch engine. Right. Uh, like fine if you're a student and you're just learning about this stuff, but right. if, if you had a studio for 12 years, like running Unity and you have all sorts of internal tools, right. it takes a huge amount of effort to like retrain all of your employees and switch all of your projects over. Um, and so the sheer amount amount of like like spiteful celebration of like all people's work going up in flames i think yeah. it's kind of disgusting oh, yeah. it's not everybody who's done that but some people have been doing this and that's been really frustrating to me sorry rant over well no that's i mean that's a really that's a that's a, such an important lens on this because i think um you know, a lot of us are just exposed to sort of the online discourse about it, right? And and also online discourse in general has been uh, flipped upside down this past year. So it's kind of hard to understand. It's, we don't really know what popular opinion is. We don't have uh, reliable measures of that anymore. Yeah. But also yeah. this hits so many different audiences, right? This is something that got reported in mainstream gamer press. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely got a lot of it because I talked about this openly. Yeah, because you made the effort mm -hmm. to try to like be part of the solution. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because like I, I mean, Unity was dead dead silent throughout this whole. Oh thing. yeah, right. um, and I wanted to like give people updates because everybody's just like on the edge of their seat, like yeah. waiting to see what's going to happen to their business or their future. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm under NDA, but I can at least try to squeeze out as much information as I can yeah. and give that to the people. Uh, to like try to be more transparent, even though Unity doesn't want us to be, you know? Right. Um, and so, so I just, for me, I just wanted to like be as transparent about this as possible. Um, but yeah, then apparently that was not good for some people and they started criticizing me for it. And then I'm just like, well, wh what do you want me to do? Should I have just used Unity's strategy? Should I've just have been, been shut up and like, yeah, I should yeah. just not talk about it, right? Is that is that better, really? Would you have preferred that? Like, it's so sad. Um, but I think I think most people appreciate that I talked about this at least. I think yes. it's a very loud minority, at least. Mm -hmm. You're you're. I think you are owed a lot of credit for for not just being in that space and 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 filling that that communication vacuum. But like you're describing, trying to be transparent, like saying, I am under NDA because I'm part of this group. Here is what I can tell you. Like, I think that that one thing that people get really frustrated by is being on the outside. And so I'm sure a lot of the the reaction you got was from people thinking like just hating insiders. Right. And that's the group's called you oh, yeah. insiders. Yeah. So I think there's a reflexive desire. But I think you did a really great job of not saying, hey, I know a thing and here's what it is, but I'm not going to tell you why. Or, you know, I, I think. Which is, I think, an instinct people can have when they do have some in inside knowledge. And I thought that you did a really fantastic job of, of and whether people, you know, not everybody got the message, sadly. But I think you did a really good job using the knowledge you did have and could share. So kudos to you for that. Thank you. 
I mean, I just feel like I have to because I can, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. But I mean, I care a lot about the creative community within Unity. Um, and obviously, um, well, as my enemies would say, I have a vested interest <laughs> in making yeah. sure that Unity survives because I have hundreds of projects that are made in Unity on my hard drive that are just unfinished ideas that I want to be able to develop, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like I had to try, you know. Well, and that vested interest is not a—it's not a secret any of us should have should yeah. keep, right? It's that's yeah, no. that is a, that is a reason we want why we want it. To right, we've been we are invested. Right, yeah. we're invested because we work on Unity. Like, yeah, everyone who's following the news is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the thing is that a lot of people have been, I guess, like comparing like Unity to Godot and Unreal and whatnot. And, yeah. and the thing is. Some people seem to be pretty naive about this and being like, oh, Godot is like exactly, it's just like Unity. You can just like use Godot instead. And, right. and it's not like, it really isn't. It's yeah. not there yet. Mm -hmm. um, and we can pretend that it is, but it, it isn't. And, and like, I feel a little bit bad for saying that because like open source projects are still great. I'm glad that Godot exists. I think it's a really crucial part of our industry. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to like... I'm not going to lie about it. If I use Godot and I'm like, this is, isn't really workable. Like, I, I feel like we should be able to have a frank conversation about that. Yeah. And, and even though, like, a lot of us, myself included, we don't really trust Unity, the company, anymore. But that doesn't really change the fact that the engine is still a very good engine. Um, mm -hmm. And I think we have to be honest about that. Yeah, yeah. Listeners have heard me and, and all of us complain about Unity. But, like, I think anyone who's used Unity understands that that's a part of loving Unity. As Just an, like Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, good analogy, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that 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 uh, folks who are trying to jump ship to Godot, like they, there's a certain point too where you like uh, this, this is this is they've damaged my trust so greatly right. that I'm going to move to Godot and suffer the consequences of moving to Godot. Yes. I think people yeah. are some people are eyes open about that and they understand what it will cost mm -hmm. them, but they feel that it's worth it to them. Mm -hmm. Right. It's kind of like saying, just to bring another analogy from the Minnesota thing. It's like, well, yeah, I mean like Florida is sinking into the ocean because of climate change. Both those people should just move North. Okay. Like, <laughs> that's, that's actually just trading one set of problems for another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. So yeah, it, it's an easy sentence to say and represents a very, very complex set of actions that is not necessarily the right set of actions for everybody. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's a lot of, um, like, I definitely feel it now that like, God, I wish I'd spent all of my, like all this past decade to invest in like an open source engine that where this couldn't have happened, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I definitely feel yeah. that like insecurity using unity now. Yes, I'm yes. always like, ah, oh, should I really be here? You I'm, know? I'm so glad um, you brought that up. Cause I'm feeling a lot of that too. Um, at yeah. work. Cause like, I mean, I got hired because of my skills in unity right and like now they're so did I. <laughs> yeah right you're right and, and now you know now we're talking about moving potentially into a different engine if yeah. uh, if something goes south or whatever and we're just talking about exploring other other options because we, well, what you know, fortuitous so, timing for you because yeah. you spent a lot of the last year at work yeah testing prototypes in various well, engines exactly right so like i feel comfortable moving to a new engine with respect to like i know i can do it yeah but like do I, you really want to well <laughs> No, but also, <laughs> but also I just feel like I've invested so much time and effort into understanding how unity works yeah. and that it feels like I'd have to start from square one, may, square two, maybe, I guess. Yeah. Well, long time um, listeners will know that you have said more than once, I'm just going to use unity forever the rest of my yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> now your thinking has changed a little bit, not, yeah, not from this, but not from this, but from past, previous past couple of years. Yeah, but like, but uh, like, yeah. And it's not even unity's thing. It's just like, I just been exploring other stuff. 
just to do it and yeah. i feel more comfortable with other things but like now i feel like the knowledge i have is tainted in a way that is annoying and frustrating and uh, yeah that's I, the I psychic it. damage right yes it's like whether it whether the material consequences hit you or not yeah. like that's a that is an extra bit of stress on an already stressful right profession yeah in a way that like yeah that that damage is done mm-hmm. um and it's going to and it's persistent yes um yes very frustrating yes uh, mm-hmm. Ellen, let's check in with Fireside Chat. Any updates? Uh, <laughs> you know, they Jason did ask a bunch of questions that came in from the chat. Um, you know, there were like probably four, 5,000 people viewing the chat based yeah. on the poll responses. And so he didn't get to all the questions. And of course, people who paid for like the flagged questions are mad that their question didn't get answered. And so the chat was basically what you expected. Um, I think one of the greatest things that I saw was like, Jason, I want to know what that lamp is behind you. Like, uh, okay. Great. So yeah. YouTube chat was itself and there were some good things that came out of it and some not good, so good things that came out of it. Yeah. Kind of like the fire chat, uh, fireside chat overall. Um, I mean, I think that just some highlights from the second half of the conversation um, one of the big questions Jason asked was, how is Unity planning to regain the trust of its users? Yeah. You changed the terms of service on them overnight. Mm-hmm. And Mark said, well, with actions, not words, um, we're going to work hard to earn your trust back. Um, trust is easy to lose and hard to earn. And so some of the things we're going to do are we're going to share the terms of service and be open about how it evolves. Okay. Um, make sure that we're providing people visibility into our actions and people can see how things are going um, and make sure that we're building the right feedback tools and do it the right way. So not a lot of specifics. That's that's a thing where in four months, if we don't, and that's a tighter timeline than a lot of corporations get, but if we don't see anything from them in four months, then I don't believe it. Yeah. Mm. And that's the thing is like figuring out how to do that kind of feedback loop is not easy. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. And I, so I don't, you know, I don't, I mean, I'll read off some more things and I can, give you my my takeaway on it just as a summary Mm -hmm. um with the terms of service are you locking people into a specific version people are worried that you're just going to change it again in the future um and mark said we're going to be really clear about how terms of services are changing um so he didn't really say anything about it not changing again in the future because it probably will but he's going to be you know they're going to be open about changing the terms of service what changes have been made and they've also at least said here in the fireside chat that they know it's important to get more feedback earlier before the changes. Right. Okay. Um, Jason asked, why should people keep choosing unity? And I think Freya kind of captured some of that mm-hmm. already. I mean, I, I'm curious what they said specifically about it. Um, Mark said, I'm sure people ask that as a mean question and a hard question, but I think that people actually have a lot of choice. Um, he said, they're focused on making a great engine that works across a wide variety of platforms. And we want to offer the best engine and the best community. Okay. Um, so, so what you'd expect them to say. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and what, some of the things we just touched on in the last few minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked about Plus going away. So what happens with the plat- the splash screen? You know, what if you're working in 20, version 2020? What happens, What's going on? Uh, Mark said that Plus isn't a ton of their users, and it won't completely go away for another year. So they're going to... Oh. That's an interesting wrinkle because it was part of this, and it might be just for efficiency's sake, they'll announce a bunch of changes. Yeah. But it's it, everyone's trying to like, what does that have to do with it? And mm-hmm. it, it might just be that it's like, eh, we'll just get, get rid of that because we decided to separately. Yeah. So there, he said that there's going to be, a there is a plan for sunsetting plus and they'll share it, I think. Um, plus users will get a spe- like a special offer if they want to go pro. And of course they can drop down to the personal tier if that's what they want to do. Yeah. 
Um, Jason came back to this question, this kind of question, multiple times in different ways. So one of the things he asked was, how do you plan to better utilize feedback from trusted users, like Freya, <laughs> given you failed to do so over the years? Um, and Mark said, well, you know, there's like, what am I going to do? And then what is the company going to do? And Ooh, that sounds a little bit like... <laughs> Right? Like the, his frustration over not being able to do what he wants to do. Yeah, yeah that's a little interesting. He uh, quickly moved on from that sentence. <laughs> um, he said... I were laughing, but I have sympathy for, for being stuck in a situation yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, and some of that came through in the chat, too. Like one person, what was their name? Charlie Cushing said, I feel bad for Mark. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is that is actually, like I said, I mean, I feel similarly. and I, But there is also a danger that that's a thing a company does is put a kind face. Yeah. This is this is a customer yeah. service trick, which is that you call customer service and and you talk to someone and you yell at them and then you feel bad about yelling at a person. Yeah. And then they say, well, the system won't let me do this. And then you and them are in on it together against the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, that's not what I called for. Right. <laughs> and so I think that's, a, that, I mean, that that's not always a nefarious structure, but mm. that is something that does happen. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope people do keep the heat on the company, even with sympathy towards the people who get put out on the front lines for this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, one new angle in the March response to that question um, was that, you know, there's talking and then there's listening and then there's like doing it, having a conversation back and forth iteratively. And so he said, we've got to make sure that we're engaged in an ongoing conversation and that we're improving over time. Um, so we're going to be finding ways that we can make, you know, user feedback, a deep part of the planning. Okay. Um, and Jason said, well, hopefully you guys get something going internally to make sure the right info is getting where it needs to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. A um, couple other just high level things. Jason asked in a nutshell, does Unity see itself as a mobile first company? And Mark said, we want to be a game developer first company. Um, so no answer. Well, he said, you know, like we're focused on dozens of dozens of platforms, but we're focused on where game devs are game devs who use the plat who use our engine are, um, and so mobile is a is an incredibly important platform for many of our creators. But we're going to continue investing in PC consoles, VR, and new devices. Uh, one thing about that that I find kind of interesting, um, it kind of got me to reflect a little bit on this um, when I talked to. Well, when I talk to Mark and when I talk to some of the... Well, Mark at Unity, uh, <laughs> not Mark here in this conversation. Yeah. Um, I talk to some other Unity developers that like like just how low morale is at Unity right now. Yeah. Um, and it kind of made me think that like it's, it's interesting that like Unity probably makes most of their money from mobile. Um, so technically Unity could possibly just focus entirely on mobile and just ditch like premium games, like indie developers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a crucial aspect of this is that pretty much everybody working on Unity, the engine, are people who are interested in games themselves, who are interested in playing games. And most of these people are probably in this industry because they're interested in premium games, not because they're interested in mobile games. Yeah. So I feel like if Unity were to just focus on mobile games and just dump all of the like premium games, um, I think a lot of the people working at Unity would just quit 
and just feel like their company is not doing what they joined right. the company to do. Because mm. like, I feel, I think a lot of employees at Unity, they want to see the developers they look up to use their engine to make cool games, right? Yeah. Um, and if that's just like cash grab gambling games on mobile, I don't think a lot of people are going to be interested in that. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because it's not just like the pipeline of talent into game devs themselves who know Unity, you know, like Mark and Steven here and you, Freya, but it's also the pipeline of talent and interest that's going into Unity that they have to think about and manage, right? So mm -hmm. if they do just dump everything <laughs> that everyone who's working Working there is passionate about then they lose that passion and you need that mm -hmm. to make a company successful so okay a couple more things uh can, jason asked can we get a deeper technical explanation so this was from the chat um that he that he surfaced uh he said can we get a deeper technical explanation of how the install based tracking will work does unity have some magical piracy tracker <laughs> and mark to his credit said i'm not a deep technical expert and i'm not going to pretend to be what he said is that is something that's going to come out in the um, in the near future. Um, he needs to, you know, their technical experts and game devs, te deep technical experts need to get together and make sure that it's that it's clear. Um, what he did say is the answer is it's self-reporting. Right. It's there's a big fat never mind on that one. Pretty much. But if they, I mean, if they if they got started on some kind of system, which I'm skeptical of, mm -hmm. then that might be something that they would offer to developers to use. Because yeah. the, the thing is, is like, you know, what if you sell a lot of games because it's in a bundle and it, they don't get installs, then yeah. maybe that's the lesser of the two. Um, and so it would be nice if Unity did. But if they offer those as terms, they should offer some tools. But I'm not counting on it. Yeah. Well, one thing I did see Mark say, and I think I mentioned this in the first half of our, the Fireside chat mm -hmm. um, play by play. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I feel like, am I a football announcer? Is this how football announcers feel? <laughs> well, he moved the ball down the court <laughs> field. Which game? Which game? That's exactly how it Football goes. Football is field. Okay, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, he said that they, they need to come up with more examples. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Jason asked as a follow-up, is the runtime policy fee still a good idea, given all the backlash? And Mark said, he was pretty firm on this. He said, I think when people try it and they use the calculator and really try it out, they're going to see how um, they might end up paying less than they would using, like, a revenue share. Yeah, that's And, and yeah. so, he, said, he did say, and this is more, this is close to a quote, I really do believe it's going to be a strong program. I mean, for premium games, sure, but like like Freya, you were saying, like that's where they make most of their money is in mobile. So it's interesting that their positioning on it as a benefit is toward um, other types of games, which may that all may be true, but it all it does feel a little bit unfocused. Yeah, I, I did actually. Um, I don't know how much this was like trying to get me to just agree with them, uh, but I got the impression that they actually did. Uh, like part of the decision to use installs was um, because they would make make this a better deal for indie developers and premium games. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and it actually does, and so like it kind of tracks. Um, it's just that it's weird, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, if they'd have, if they'd have really led with that kind of messaging, like I mean, there's a, I think their Unity because uh, they're cachet culturally among game developers. It, and, and how they get people funneled into using it is for people who want to make premium games, who want to make console games, PC games. But they make their most money on people who learn it and then go work at a company that makes mobile games. If they were just a little bit more forward about that, like if they were just like, hey, we make the Unity engine. It's so popular with mobile games, you guys. But uh, also we make, you know, you can make all sorts of stuff with it. And, and like if they were just more forward that, then they would have the freedom to say something like this like this model is closer mm -hmm. to a revenue sh revenue share if you are a free to play if you make a free to play game but it's actually a better like if they were being i think they could they could 
advertise it on that angle? Because Freya, as you say, it's kind of true, right? Yeah, but I think the flip side of that is that they do have a lot of customers in the mobile space too. And yeah. if they read that message, they're yeah. going to think negatively <laughs> of that because then they feel neglected, right? Yeah. So I, I feel like they so. have to toe a line between like who to appeal to. And so they end up not really appealing to anyone. Right, <laughs> so right. Everybody, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're trying not to step on any rakes, but then like all mm -hmm. they're just doing is standing in a field full of rakes and like, <laughs> like not moving. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is that better than like getting three rakes on the way out of the park? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um let's see i'm thinking here so i have i have three more things to say okay and then i think that'll kind of tie it up from the fireside chat mm -hmm. jason asked like why was a rev cap not initially considered i assume you always wanted to be under unreal's rev cap mark again rolled out the line of it being a transformative business model change and Everyone loves those words <laughs> right <laughs> they had and the courage <laughs> <laughs> When we were working on our models, we expected that the vast majority of people would pay you like two to three percent and often less. This is with the um, install fee. Yeah. And so one of the things we've heard since we put it out there was like, yes, even if that were the case, it's hard to plan ahead for it because there are yeah. these other situations that you can't control. Mm -hmm. So then he said, like, OK, for those cases, if that's the case, then that wouldn't be how we would want to charge people. Basically, it's not our intent to charge someone you like a crazy percentage or anything. We're not going to do that. Um, so we do want to make sure that people can, can have options so that they can plan, whether that's a revenue share or do the install so that they, you know, give people a choice, whatever's best for them and whatever enables them to plan the most. Um, and then Jason said, he got in some pretty pointed lines at some points. It seems like something that was thought out internally and just never put down on paper. <laughs> and Mark said, yeah, we didn't provide enough information. We shouldn't have released any info without the calculator. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's sort of self-evident, the idea that like they're not interested in bankrupting game developers. Like that is not in Unity's interest. Yeah. But like, mm -hmm. but the, it, there was nothing from them initially to, to make you believe that they weren't actually interested in that. Yeah. Because it seemed like they designed a program to do that. Right. But of, co of course they didn't want to do that. Of course they didn't want people to be in the hole. They didn't want to send Flappy Bird a bill for $85 billion. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like that's not something they, I'm sure that was n never in their thinking. But it, I mean, how could, they really gave the impression that it was. Right. Mm -hmm. They didn't think it all through. Or they didn't make it seem like they thought it all through. Yeah. They had. Um, yeah. So I think um, last two notes here then um, were that I think so one of the people in chat who had their name attached to the chat, his name is John Lovitz. He said the changes were a huge improvement. He's talking about the changes announced today. Yep. Um, he said the changes were a huge improvement, but the entire handling of this was deeply disrespectful to the community. I have to agree that some change in leadership is warranted. Yep. Y'all are not. A lot of people feel the same way. Yeah. I feel that way too. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that you know Unity went public in 2020, and the the sort of the a lot of the assumption is that these are the kinds of things that happen when you're thinking about shareholders. Mm -hmm. Which isn't to say that being a public company is a death sentence, right? Mm -hmm. You can shouldn't be. Um, it, but it does seem like, and this is where I'm a little, I'm a little worried that a lot of times when we and we talked about it in this episode, like Unity needs to be a sustainable company. Yeah, but how much of it is born from a need to be a sustainable company or, uh, versus how much of it is born from the need to please shareholders. Yeah. And when I say please yeah. shareholders, I don't mean like, you know, drive a jump truck full of money uh, up, up to each one of them. I mean, make them just, you know, 3% growth. Like that's, mm -hmm. that is a demand. That's a high demand yeah. for a public company. Yeah. And is this them make, trying to meet that or is it, or is this an existential threat to them? Because I think there's been a lot of like whispers that it is an existential threat to them. And I, 
believe it, but I want to make sure we don't just take it as read. Yeah. Um, yeah. As, as we get comfortable with this new reality. Yeah, for sure. And and I feel like, um, like you want to get something back from that as well. Like if yeah. we as developers pay more, then it's like, okay, well, we better, you better show something for it as well, right? You can't just like, oh, we bought another like mobile ad company and then we're going to be like, okay, we don't care. Like right. this is not what we care for you to invest your time in or money in, right? Um, and so I feel like, I would love to have more transparency and like, what are they focusing on? Like, what are they spending money on? And like that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm guessing we're not going to see a lot of that, even yeah. though I wish we did. I mean, they said they would. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, and that brings me to my last thing that I wanted to share from the fireside chat, which is actually something Jason said, and I disagree with it, which is why I want to bring it up Ooh. as the last oh. thing. Jason seems to say People uh, in the you know people seem to be very focused on trust still, and he thinks the idea of trusting a company is kind of strange. Uh, it's a strange thing because companies companies morph, they merge, they sell, and random stuff happens. And I think that's crap. <laughs> I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say the same thing for individual people. Individual people go through changes and they yeah. you know move and they change yep. jobs and they get married and they have kids, but you still like expect to be able to trust a person, just like you expect to be able to trust a government institution, even yeah. when you know the executive branch changes and the legislative branch changes every two, four, six years. Right. You know, like that's what makes it hard. It makes it hard. Yes, that's still it's necessary to the functioning relationships of all types. I don't. Yes. Yeah, I don't. Including think, customer. Yeah. Uh, yes, company. Related. I completely agree. The idea of trusting a company is no stranger than the idea of trusting another human being. Yeah, yeah. like you trust someone not yeah. to run the red light when you pull up when there's a green light in front of you. Yep. Like you, that's that's yeah. that's a, it's an enormous act of faith. Yep. And and but that has nothing to do with your personal relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. And it's no different mm-hmm. from trusting a company to not like you know lie to you about how much tax they're putting on yep. on, on your bill or like those are, those are all things that are not controlled by systems those are things that are controlled by trust yep and mm-hmm. I, yeah that question is sort of it's a very libertarian well he did, it wasn't a question this was something that he just said i think oh, okay. he said it as a reaction to a lot of what was happening i could see in that instinct arising in somebody but i told i'm 100% with you Ellie. yeah i totally agree with, i yeah it feels way too cynical to me that like, oh, so we should never, ever work with any corporations ever. We should just yeah. not yeah. cooperate ever. Yeah. And it's like, or just accept know, that, that, it's that just kind of weird. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's kind of weird to have all of these like, I don't know, I gotten a lot of smug people in my replies who, who were like, oh, what did you expect? It's a company. They care about profits. And it's yeah. like, wow, news. Thanks. It's not like, it's, <laughs> oh, my God. It all makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. And they're like on Twitter telling this to me while Twitter is on fire because of right. Elon's decisions. Yeah. It's like, yeah. like, who are you? Like, you're just saying this because you yeah. want to feel smart. You yeah. got them. You got them. Well, I think a lot of, a lot of those, mm-hmm. those strong opinions born from adjacent concerns. Mm-hmm. Some sympathy for falling into that trap because we all do. But yeah. It's capitalism sucks, but like the alternative to capitalism mm-hmm. is not nothing. <laughs> like, correct. You know, correct. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's important to like recognize those things and work to make sure that, you know, all the bad sides of it doesn't just consume everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's also like irresponsible to just like detach from society and give up on everything. Right. <laughs> I feel right. like that's also not a solution. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a great, I mean, that's a great thesis for sort of our discussion on all of this, which is keep the fire to their feet. But at the same time, that is not the same as wanting it to burn down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the same exactly. time, yeah. do you like my mixed metaphor there? 
Yes, like, always. <laughs> um, and, and then also later on top of that is make the decision that's best for you. Yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's not your, the, your principled stand and, and porting your project over to Godot and suffering for that, for your art and for your ethics. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that that's something everybody else has to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But that doesn't mean it's a bad decision for you. It doesn't right, mean right. that your stance is in principle or that those ethics are are, yep. are, are too strict or something. Yep. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I think that, um, you know, I think we should come back to this before we go on hiatus this year and see yeah. what has changed since September 22nd. Um, maybe we come back at like December or something and see, okay, have they done some of this? Have they made some of these changes? Yeah. Um, I yeah. think we should, I think we should do that. Yeah. I think uh, the, the, our part for me, definitely like I am, I am relieved in a sense that like we can, for my projects, we can stay on 2022. I could ship on 2022 for the next five years, probably yeah. depending on if SDK is for various consoles. Don't jinx it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, you know, there's, so I'm, I am safe. I feel comfortable personally. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I think I, we should not stop paying attention to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you're right. We should do check-ins yeah. just to see how it's going. Yeah. To um, me, it kind of feels like I'm on shaky ground. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. let's end on that. Then what's the future hold for us? Um, no commitments. But like, I know personally, like, you know, my next project, I mean, I've been like, I just want to make Flash games. So like, I, I, am, <laughs> I, am, I am perfectly happy yeah. using something else, even though I have spent the last six odd years really getting deep into unity uh and i all my big projects have been on unity so mm. even though I, I always feel like i use a lot of tools but truthfully unity is where i'm at right now mm. um i i feel confident now that i'd be able to move on the next big project but i'm not sure how much i'm gonna like that right uh doing that that's um, basically where i'm at yeah it's like i will i i can move on to a, another engine but like i've used game maker enough but i feel um clumsy in it and frankly, I will probably feel clumsy in Godot for a while, especially yeah. since Godot and Unity kind of have similar like interfaces in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'll just be even more clumsy because I'll go here and be like, why isn't this working like I thought? <laughs> There's oh, a right. word for yeah. that. It's learning interference. Yeah, that. I will be experiencing that probably within yeah. the next years. Well, I mean, the optimist in me says like, well, that's going to really, this is going to motivate uh, these other platforms. It's going to be, you know, some of the people who did take the principled stand, maybe those people will start contributing to the Godot yeah. project. Yeah. And maybe that it will be a good thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. pe- there have been more money going into the Godot project right. and the sponsorships. And so that's good. Uh, that that could be good. There's definitely a lot more interest in a certain yeah. type of developer, uh, console developers in particular, who never considered Unity because it w- or never considered Godot. Now there's more interest there, which means there might be more movement there. Mm-hmm. And Unreal probably doesn't, I mean, they got that Fortnite money. They don't really ever have to respond <laughs> to the, any market changes ever. But um, it might it might mean a more robust environment in the next two, three years. Um, or it might mean that Unity, like, I mean, fingers crossed, really commits and becomes extremely developer friendly. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to stay positive. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is, Mark, you're feeling good right now because you know that you don't have to, you know, Torch your current work. Right, I can go back to Flash games. Yep. <laughs> um, Steven, you're feeling uneasy. Yes. Um, I, for my, you know, for my end, I'm not an experienced Unity user, um, so I'll just keep pretending like I'm going to learn Godot. Um, <laughs> update on that in 2024. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Freya, how are you feeling? Just to kind of round us out here. How do I feel? Uh, I feel very disappointed. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's just a really frustrating situation because yeah. um, obviously I've been in this space for like the unity space for around 12 years, 13 right. years. So many. Um, 
a lot of the stuff that I do is tool development, which is um, effectively extending the editor. Yeah. Uh, and one of the tricky things about that is that that's probably one of the hardest things to port to other engines. Yes, um, exactly. Because a lot of the work that I do is like specific to the engine and the specifics of the interface of that engine, like right. the entire UX, like all of that work that I do is not going to work in any other engine. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I've been working on a plugin for this past year that I wanted, I was about to release uh, very, very soon for, for Unity. Um, and so this hit, uh, and I'm also like, I'm in rehab for burnout at the moment. And so like, it's like the worst timing in my life right now. Yeah. Um, so it kind of sucks. Uh, I don't know where this is going. Um, I think my plan right now is to like, I'm probably going to wrap up this plugin and I'm probably going to release it. Um, after that, I'm not sure. Take um, a vacation. I think, I think I'm just going to have to wait and see a little bit, like how it yeah. shakes out. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have lost a ton of trust for unity right now. Yeah. Like these changes. Yeah, they're better. But the fact that this happened in the first place and we haven't gotten an explanation as for why or how, or how, how they're going to fix this in the future. Like I feel, I don't feel safe anymore using unity. Yeah. And like, there might be like, I might lose all of my customers. Like, yeah, I think I usually consider it a good thing if there's a big like diversity of engines out there and people can use lots of different engines. Uh, but technically, it's bad for me if people aren't all on Unity <laughs> because <laughs> that's where I make my money. And if people are like spread out across eight different engines, making a plugin is just not going to be viable because I can't port it to every single engine yeah, out there. Exactly. Um, and so I've been thinking about like maybe maybe I, I'm considering like just not making plugins anymore. Like after the one that I'm about to release, uh, my splines plugin. Mm -hmm. um, so I think after I release that, I, I'm considering just leaving tool development and um, might go into games, uh, might pivot to doing something else. I don't know. I mean, I have a YouTube channel that's doing pretty well, so I could do more stuff there. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, my videos on YouTube are also made in Unity. <laughs> so I don't know. It's a mess. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And it, it's frustrating to, I mean, whether you stay or whether you go, it, it's annoying that you still sort of feel like somebody else made that choice for you. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, my yeah. goodness, yes. I mean, we're all feeling that, but I think, Freya, you must be at, least at this table most of all. Mm. Um, and it, just like to feel icky working in the, your tools of choice, like just what what a you know what a what a what a damage they've done yeah um yeah and especially because i like the the way i use unity is pretty far away from the average person like mm -hmm. i think a lot of people would find the work that i do pretty unrecognizable because i have a ton of custom plugins on top of it mm -hmm. um like like i made a video in unity um and like I have a custom timeline, I have a custom vector graphics rendering plugin, I have a custom plugin for splines, like all of this is like engine integrated stuff that I made specifically because I've been wanting to work in Unity now and in the future, like it's an investment, right? Yeah. Um, and now it just feels like, like, I don't know, it feels like I'm just like using an engine that's about to die, you know? Yeah. Um, I hope that's not the case uh, because I genuinely believe Unity is a really good tool. Um, it has a bunch of flaws. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. get into all of them, um, but but it is genuinely a good tool. And I think it would be a huge loss for the collective creative spirit if Unity disappeared. Yeah. Um, I know, like you mentioned Flash. I think the death of Flash was a huge, like... It was just a huge loss for humanity. Yeah. Um, and with Flash, it was 
honestly even worse because nothing replaced Flash. Yeah. There is no tool that is like Flash now. Um, and yeah, and so I really fear that, that that might happen to Unity. But now at least I think I have a little bit more hope that it might stay for a bit longer, at least enough time for me to pivot, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, we, yeah, we'll see. Today's announcement does feel like we can all breathe a sigh of relief and then start thinking about the future rather than panicking mm-hmm. about the future. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah exactly. That, that doesn't mean we'll end up in a better place, but it means that we might have an easier time ending up. There. You have time to take a couple breaths. Yeah. And to mm-hmm. cuddle your cat if you're Freya. She has a cat, I can see. <laughs> Three cats. Yeah. Three cats. Okay, I can only see one cat. There might be other cats. <laughs> That's our show. For show notes and links on today's topics, topic, one topic, go to our website, nicegames.club. Visit us on social media at Nice Games Club, where Dale posts about game dev resources and, well, Unity news updates. Reply on the various platforms or email us, contact at nicegames.club. Nice Games Club is on Patreon. Support the show and get stuff, including ad-free episodes. Sign up at patreon.com slash nicegamesclub. And if you want to keep things more casual, just stop by nicegames.club slash discord and say hello. Next week, we'll be talking about completion and intuition with guest host Holly Harrison. But that's it for this week. So until we start again, and we promise we will, remember to play nice and make nice. I'm the one doing the outro, huh? Yeah, are you? Cool. <laughs> I believe scroll up after all these notes. Well, as long as we're cutting this intro, I, uh, I think we landed the plane, everybody. That was pretty good. That was, mm-hmm. that was really good. Yeah. yeah that was good. Um, I think people will find it valuable and cathartic. Mm-hmm.